Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. First of all, just, you know, really, really happy to be back. Really uh, appreciate, um, you know, how special of a place uh, that the Boston is. You know, for me, uh, being away from it, seeing, uh, you know, the type of city that it is, uh, what the team's all about. Um, it's something that I, you know, that I really missed. Um, I obviously, I feel like I learned a lot and, and sometimes, you know, in my case, change was was for the better. And I'm just very grateful to have a second opportunity, you know, to be back here and um, and, and to continue to work on what, what I started here. Back with another episode of the Causeway Street Podcast. I am Josue Pavone, Joel Pavone, Sean Dutra. He's on vacation, but we got Zach Peloquin filling in for Dutra. And the Boston Celtics, they got a brand new head coach, Ime Udoka, the franchise's 18th head coach. And uh, I love it. I love the decision that the Celtics are going. I love the direction that this team is going in right now. I'd say Brad Stevens is two for two, if you ask me. But uh, let's ask let's ask Zach. Let's, let's get him in here right now, Joel, right? Because, you know, he didn't get a chance to uh, respond to the Al Horford trade last week. And Which, by the way, Joel, let's see the last week's episode, man. Like, I, I was really excited, huh? Yeah, you really was, dude. You really Yo. was. But it was, it, was, it was good. It was good, man. It's because it's a good thing they're going to happen, bro. Yeah, you should have. You got you, you to gotta throw a dig at me or something when, I, when I'm like that, bro. Jeez. I mean, I, I, think, I think if Dutra was there, what, one little, all right, all right, so take it easy. I think right there, would, well, I can calm down now, but. <laughs> but, <laughs> I guess it's just because I just you know and I, we haven't spoken to him in a long time like a year ago if someone told me that Al Horford would be coming back I'd be like uh, maybe but what do you mean for Kemba Walker absolutely no but this is where we are now right this is where we are Al Horford's back uh, brand new head coach Ime Udoka comes from the Popovich uh, school of tree, tree if you will obviously that's that, that's what everyone's hyped about but uh, there's a lot more to him, right? You know, I, I mean, from, from what we're hearing so far uh, in the last few days. But let's get Zach in here and, and hear his reaction. I, I mean, Zach, Ime Udoka, his name, again, it was pretty much at the top of the list alongside 
Chauncey Billups. Like I want to say three to four days before uh, it was it was announced. But here we are, brand new head coach. What, what are your what are your thoughts on this? Uh, honestly, going into it, I had no idea who he was. I saw the name pop up a few times, and I was like, okay, well, you know, obviously the Celtics, and I, especially Brad Stevens being at the helm right now, I figured they were going to go in a couple of different directions. We'd see some people that we wouldn't, as Celtics fans, would have normally thought of. Uh, but I read into him a little bit. The pedigree is unquestionably one of the best of anyone as a candidate out there this year, uh, which actually makes me really really sad that I didn't know who he was going into it. <laughs> a, little, a, little, a little embarrassed. Um, but you take a look at the, I mean, his pedigree's fantastic. You're talking a guy seven, eight years in the NBA, NBA champion. I mean, a guy who has been with uh, uh, San Antonio under Popovich when he first started his assistant coaching career, went to the 76ers, wasn't as successful there, and then uh, obviously Brooklyn this past year. So he's got, a, he's got a really good pedigree. He's been with a lot of different types of coaches as well, which tells me he's not going to come in here stuck to one way of basketball. He's going to be able to work with all these guys. And it's going to be, I think, a little bit more of a, uh, of a I don't know the best way to term it, but a relationship where I think the players are going to be able to work with him and he's going to be able to work with the players. You know, And I, I like what I'm seeing already. Just the different quotes you're seeing. I think Chris Forsberg said that, you know, there was a, NBA executive out there that said, you know, he's one of those guys that he's going to be able to be very friendly with the players, but also be able to set a hard line when he needs to as well. So just to hear that versus where we were with Brad Stevens, you know, this past you know year or so, it's a real breath of fresh air. So, I mean, I, I love the hire. I think he's, he's, the, he's going to be the right guy ultimately, which is why I, I feel good about it. Phillips, I mean, obviously last time we spoke, he was the guy that we were all kind of pulling for, maybe a little bit of Sam Cassell because of the relationship with Celtics, but at the end of the day, I think, you know, you, if you really do your homework on this guy, he seems like he's the right choice. Yeah, I mean, I, f- I feel like I feel like Chauncey really, uh, I mean, according to reports, really wanted that, that trailblazer job. And, you know, he, he, yeah. he's gotten it. So I guess uh, with the fact that, that that Brooklyn got eliminated and I guess it was just an easy transition to to make that to make that hire as quickly as possible. So I think I think I think the Celtics made the right choice here. Yeah, I think the timing of this too is significant, right? Because you know, with with right now, with with this hot summer that's going on right now, this is like this is hot. This is like hot. What is it? <laughs> Head coaching, uh, free agent wire, if you will, or whatever. It's like, <laughs> like it's like it's like hot potato with coaches or some shit. <laughs> well, like not only that, but like the waiver wire. Like, it's, there's a lot of good names out there. There's a lot of choices out there. But I like yeah. that stuff that's made this swift decision. They didn't take a lot of time with it. They 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 send the message, in my opinion, to to to, to email. You know, it's like, hey, you know, you're you're our number one choice. We don't we don't care. You know, we're not going to sit here and wait to see which uh, which coaches, you know, which other candidates are going to make their decisions. No, we're going with you. If you want to get this thing, if you want to move forward, we're down too. Like you're our top choice, and and that's going to go a long way for him. Totally agreed. I mean, you had names like Rick Carlisle, former NBA champion, head coach out there, former Celtic great. Semi great. Uh, <laughs> you know, he, 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 he was there. I mean, he was there. I mean, he was Larry Bird's guy. You know, when Larry Bird became a coach, he's like, Rick, I want you on my squad. So, yeah, okay. I, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, there's, there's a great pool out there. A lot of great assistant coaches. We talked Becky Hammond. We talked Carol Lawson. We talked right. exactly. uh, you know, Sam Cassell, who now has an abundance of assistant coaching experience. Same thing with uh, Chauncey Phillips. I mean, this is no scrub group of coaches that we're going to be sitting there saying, I mean, you think back a couple of years ago, Nick Nurse. Who the hell's Nick Nurse? You know, <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't that group. You know, this is a group where you're everyone who's getting a job, I think, this summer for the, what is it, six or seven openings. I think every single job is going to be picked up by someone that's going to have an identifiable name. And Yudoka may be the smallest name of all of them, but again, you look at the, the resume, what he's done, 
former NBA player, which I know everyone's been harping on for the last two or three years when it comes to Brad versus, uh, you know, his assistant coaches and things like that. I mean, it just, it, it feels right. It feels right. The demeanor that he has. And of course, he's married to Neil Long. So there know. you go. There you go. That's always a plus, you know. Neil Long in Boston. <laughs> uh, you know, she's, okay. easy, she's easy on the eyes there. Easy on the eyes. Uh, so, you know. <laughs> so, those who don't know Lisa from Fresh Prince, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, like compared compared to like you know like Brett Brown, he he wasn't moving the needle here in, in Boston, right? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what was his name? Uh, Atkinson, Kenny Atkinson, Neil Long, Andrew Doka, of course. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even. Uh, no, no choice to be made. It's easy enough. But no, in all seriousness, I, I love the hire. I think it's the right guy. I just have a weird feeling that you know what. The skill set, the seemingly his demeanor, I think that's going to be a big thing too. Because that was, I mean, listen, we all know that Brad Stevens knew basketball inside out. The man's a basketball genius. There's no question about it. But the problem was in the NBA, there's a lot of egos. There's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of catering to players. You know, you got to make sure that everyone's got their head in the right, uh, the right mind space. And, you know, when he was able to do that with those weaker teams and the teams that he got to overachieve, it was great. You know, he was fantastic. He was the right coach. But when you had a, a, a locker room full of star quality players who had a lot of money on the line, who had a lot of, you know, whatever on the line in terms of being able to score and all these different things, he could not juggle that. And he got away from a lot of the principles that made him a great coach. And I think now you've got a guy where he's not stuck to that one style. He's going to be able to work with the guys in that locker room. I mean, you heard the conversation about, they, you know, ownership. And the front office went to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And I think that might be the most encouraging sign of all, that they're talking to those guys, looking at at it as if, we're all in this together. You're our guys. We're riding with you right to the end. So you better give us what you want to do. You know, and and we're going to listen right now because you guys are going to drive this thing. And I think for, you know, like we were joking right before we started, you know, Jason Tatum going to the Olympics now. Now, you know, with him, is he going to be able to talk to some of these players and say, listen, We've got control. We've got cooperation with the ownership. Don't think about going somewhere else. So now he's going to have that in his back pocket for confidence to do something like that as well. I don't know why the hell they talk to Marcus Smart because they got to ship his ass out of town next week. But. Yes. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Are you happy for that part? Whoa. All in. Everything whoa, whoa. I know, you're two, I know you're two for Tuesday talking about a new coach <laughs> and shipping out Tim <laughs> Walker. But come on I now. Like, I was like, yo, this and then you said that you had yeah. to say, <laughs> yeah. Zach, it, Zach, you were spinning up into that to that, that Marcus Smart line, man. I don't know, bro. We'll, we'll, we'll attack that. We'll attack that in a second. But my my, my follow-up question. Let me ask. Let me, like let I said me, next week. Oh, fuck. He's, <laughs> he's like the, the, the way at the pace that Brad, at the pace that Brad's at right now. I mean, no. But, uh, let me let me ask you this. My follow-up to that is uh, how how significant is that one season with the Brooklyn Nets? Because obviously. You know, being an assistant coach, being around guys like Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, like there's a lot of different personalities there. Like yeah. coming from that, you know, even though it was one year, being around those guys and now going to Boston where you're going to be coaching two rising all stars and, and Tatum and Brown, is that significant in, in, in your eyes? Absolutely, 100% right. You know, that's that's that. He had the opportunity to see maybe three of the top, you know, 10 stars in basketball right now and have to work with those egos and those relationships, which now we're seeing that there are rumors that Brooklyn's trying to ditch Kyrie, ironically enough. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I think that experience is huge, you know, because if you think about it, you can't compare his experiences that he had in San Antonio to what he would have gone through last year in Brooklyn and even Philly a year prior to that. There's a lot of credence to that experience, the fact that he had two young stars in Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and what you saw with, uh, you know, with how, how that played out as well. 
you know, but I think that that Brooklyn experience is huge. You know, he's going to be able to look at what Steve Nash did, look at what that team did, and be able to understand that dynamic in the locker room. And let's, yeah, you can go even further back than that. I mean, his experience as a player, he was on the same team as Kobe Bryant, if I'm not mistaken. He's right. seen greatness, you know, point blank. You know, he's been a part of some very good teams. You know, he had gone through really a very diverse uh, set of, of circumstances in his NBA career as well as his coaching career. So it's yeah. a really good mix. And I think that, that Brooklyn mix is great. And you know what? Another added benefit, you're going up against Brooklyn to come out of the East next year. No yeah. question about it. You already have don't forget, Brooklyn's still around, guys. You know, like, <laughs> right. They're going to be right back. Yeah. I mean, almost in the same format as, you know, the, the Patriots, you know, hire Bill Belichick. Well, at that time, your biggest, you know, the, the biggest competition that you had was the New York Jets. Well, you just took everything that they knew and you put it in your own locker room on top of the fact that you like the guy anyway. So it's, there's a lot of added benefits. I, it's, you know what? I don't necessarily love, and I'm sure we'll get to it, the Al Horford, Kemba Walker thing. But we'll, you know, we'll talk about that separately. But this move for, for Brad Stevens had to be a home run. And I think he did hit the home run here. Okay. I mean, shit. The fact that eight years, eight years of Brad Stevens, and I know not, not every single player on this team, or I mean, other than Smart, I think he's, uh, he's been here six years, has gone through everything that Brad Stevens has gone through. I think right now he's really trying to like, you know, make some changes as quickly as possible, get the attention of possibly, you know, potential free agents. Like, yo, things are, things are happening quick here, here in Boston. So I like the signing, obviously the hiring, but, my question is, assistant coaches, who do you think, who's uh, Doka going to surround himself with? And if anybody who is currently an assistant coach, do they still have a possibility to continue? Unfortunately, I really don't have any great names uh, to, to throw out there right now. But I think what he has to be looking for is dynamic offensive lines. You know, that's got to be the big thing for him. Because I think what he's going to have to figure out is that, you know what, you had an offense of that space and pace that Brad Stevens had, that theoretically you should be able to get offense out of anyone. That didn't really work for your guys for one reason or you, another. Well, well, hold on real, real quick. Uh, what, what, do you, what about Lloyd Pierce? I think that's an interesting choice, right? You know, in a way to sort of redeem himself, you know, if, if, he's, if he strikes out on, on a head coaching gig, that's a guy who comes from, you know, the, the, the situation in, 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 with the Hawks. And, but I don't know how the players would feel about what, what happened between him and Trey Young. You know, you see how Trey Young's doing right now, how the Hawks have looked. Since he was removed, is, is that a, is, his, is his name a bit tarnished here? Or is that working the Celtics' favor? You know, someone like that. Yeah, potentially, I don't think the one thing that I don't think we need that I think you're going to hear a lot of people say is that you got to get other guys that maybe have some head coaching experience. You know, Steve Clifford or you know one of those guys that have some head coaching experience. But I really don't think Yudoka's going to need that because I think he's already got the relationship taken care of. He seems like a really cool-headed guy, so he's not necessarily going to need someone there to you know keep him under wraps or whatever, but I think he's going to need strategic minds around him. And I almost like the idea of Brad Stevens and his involvement in whatever they're, they're going to do going forward. Uh, but his biggest thing, you know, is going to be finding an offensive set that works to get the ball in the hands of your stars that can get the most out of a Jason Tatum or a Jalen Brown, you know, and getting them to buy into it. But, uh, and I'd also be curious to see defensive setup. You know, we've heard that you know, that's probably his strength is that he's a defensive minded coach for the most part. I think he's going to be a guy that, you know, having a good defensive line on that bench might be helpful as well. You know, you love the uh, the idea of a you know a KG or a Pierce or something like that coming back, being a part of the staff, coming back for you know the, the nostalgia end of it. You know, PJ Brown. You know, I don't know what he's doing nowadays, but you know, something like that. Where, no one you know, does. Yeah, that man's literally on Mars right now. So, <laughs> he's like, guys, I'm still in Louisiana, man. Same place I always am. Or or yeah, or Kendrick uh, Kendrick Perkins. 
you know, Kirk seems to be very interested, very involved in the basketball landscape. He might be a guy that you can bring in, get something out of him. I think Boston's going to go to a more of a traditional lineup with the current layout of players that they have. I don't know how much more flexibility to build that roster. So, uh, you know, my thing is I think guys with offensive backgrounds that have diverse, uh, you know, uh, backgrounds in terms of what they've run and what they've done. So uh, that's what I'd be looking. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm ill-prepared to be able to bring names, but maybe it's an article this week. Maybe we pull a few names together in an article. Hey. Maybe do a little research. <laughs> we'll stuff it on Causeway Street. Hell Causeway yeah. Street. Right. Well, Zach, um, there's, there's one guy on this team that has a history with, uh, a brief history with, with Sudoka, and, and that's Al Horford, the, the guy who's back. You know, the, the return of Al, if you will. Yeah. The bad news dropped before this one, and, and we didn't get your reaction. Uh, Kemple Walker on the way to OKC, 16th overall pick, going with him. How do you feel about this? You know, Southern's going to also get a, a, a second rounder, a late second rounder, or in a couple, a few years, a 2024 second rounder, if I'm not mistaken. 2025, yeah, yeah. 2025, that's right. Second round pick in return. Um, how, how do you feel about this trade? Uh, it was predictable. It was predictable. Uh, not necessarily in a good way. I, um, the more I've thought about it, I kind of wish that Brad Stevens would have held on a little bit longer, see the way that things shake out out there. Um, you know, my, my, my fear is that, you know, that salary cap number, looking at from a numbers game, might have helped you in another deal. Uh, not that Hofer can't, but I think Kemba Walker still has a little bit more star appeal. So you might have been able to do something a little bit more sexy. You could have got a little bit more aggressive with someone else out there. So it. it it was predictable, but it was not necessarily, I think, the 100% right move. Now, that aside, opinions aside, the facts of the matter are this. Al Horford is an excellent locker room guy. He's going to be able to go straight up to Yudoka, assuming he stays, assuming they don't move him in a secondary move. He's going to be a guy that can be a leader. Yudoka is going to be able to work with him. Have a, uh, move, bro. What's that? Continue. Go on. Go on. Yeah. So he, he'll have the opportunity to be a leader in that locker room immediately. Uh, he also brings a skill set that works for this team. You know, he's so diverse that you're going to be able to use him at the, you know, the high screening role, be able to run, uh, you know, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, your ball handlers, even Peyton Richard, high screening role, which is my favorite. It's always been my favorite. Oh, no. That role, and I think that- <laughs> oh, you're back. You're back. All right. We thought we lost you there for a second. Uh, yeah, you're, you're on the other. Now you're on the new uh, uh, CT tower. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I got, I got my LTE back. Um, no, but, you know, defensively, he still has a very good defensive game. He understands the concepts. He's 35, 36 years old. You know, he's not Al Horford of, you know, you know who we signed for here, but he still can bring a great amount of value for 30 minutes a night. The Moses Brown part of it, I think he's going to be the most intriguing about. He is a guy that, you know, he was doing, what, 8-8 eight eight last year in Oklahoma City. And, you know, looks pretty good at times. Looked like there's a lot more there. He's 21, you know, and a lot of people are talking about, you know, how do you give away a first-rounder? Moses Brown at 16. Assuming that, you know, if you were to take him in the draft, you under, exactly. <laughs> that's a, that's about as good a player as you would have asked for at that point. In the draft. Right. So it ends up working out pretty well for Boston. Um, like I said, I worry that they may have possibly shot themselves in the foot because honestly, yeah, I got the fights with everyone last week about it, that Ben Simmons is going to be available. A lot of people don't like him. A lot of people think, you know, he can't shoot the three, can't shoot free throws, whatever. But you know what? Is a skill set that might fit with your other two superstar scorers, you know, with the guy that doesn't need to shoot the ball to be an effective player in the league. Uh, Rajon Rondo was a pretty darn good player. Didn't need a three-point shot to be one of the best point guards yeah. in basketball. A so, follow-up to that is, uh, can they rip up his contract? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> $30 million, bro. $30 million. 33, what is it? 33, 36, 38. Yeah, it, it, uh, 30 is the, the, the base. 
right? You're 6'10", mother- and you refuse to dunk the ball. Like, you know? Come and on. the last time I checked, the NBA has, they have salary cap still. They still do that. So, it's you know, <laughs> that's, that's tough. Well, I'm with you. I, I like the idea of Simmons. Absolutely. You're putting him in a situation that you're not asking him to shoot. You're just asking him to facilitate, which is exactly what this team needs. But just a humongous weight on the cap. Yeah, that's a, so that's my thing. It's just yeah, it's just the contract, man. The contract. Contract is tough. I, contract. I mean, at the end of the day, let's think about what you're getting with the Ben Simmons. You're talking about a multi-time All NBA player who can defend five positions, who is as good a passer as any player over six foot eight in all of basketball right now. And you know, he has the. He's 24. He can still develop an offensive game. At the end of the day, you're not going to get a player with that skill set for less than you know 25, 30 million a year anyway. Uh, no matter what, you know, you know, I know it's easy to dump on him right now because of you know the way his playoff performance. But at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, the, the contract looks nasty from where you are right now. But if he's the player that he should and could be, he's worth every dime. He's worth every dime. And my biggest thing is the fit. You've already got two guys that are going to put up fifty to sixty points a night. You know, you've already got that offensive one and two. He's a third or fourth scorer for your team. That's not a bad place to put him in. I think he can thrive in that kind of environment. Now thing that scares me is there's a lot of people saying that he's not much of a competitor. He's not much of a guy who wants to work on his game. He's a little too Hollywood. He's a little too, you know, whatever. So we'll see. We'll see. But, I, you know, it, it was an interesting thought. I thought the fit would have been interesting. But I think, Al, you're getting back to Horford. I think he fits in very well. Moses Brown is a nice piece to add in. Uh, and we all knew, I mean, the, the Kemba Walker relationship was going to go one way or another. So, you know, you, you do what you can. You shave a little bit off of the, uh, the salary cap in the meantime. And now I think it gives Brad Stevens a little bit more uh, flexibility to do what he wants to do this summer. Yeah, but don't you think, though, if they did, you know, hold on to Kemba a little bit longer, all these conflicting reports about, like, you know, the two parties having beef with each other and, you know, Kemba feeling one way and Brad feeling another way, wouldn't that make it harder to, to, to trade him? Yeah, I, you know, I, it's hard to believe that Kemba Walker outwardly requested or demanded a trade. I just can't, I, I can't bring myself to believe that because he's yeah. like the nicest guy in basketball. So it's I like, I, you really do that? Yeah, I don't know. And, and then, and then like 24 hours later, oh, wait, actually, you know, yeah. he's heartbroken now. It's like, wait, what? Like, yeah, but, but, but that's what I mean. You know, it's a PR nightmare. And it's like, you know, who do you believe if you're another team, you know, looking to acquire him? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the interesting part of it is this, though. For all of the stuff that was being said in the Boston media about, okay, Kemba Walker's knee is gone. You know, he's bone on bone. He's never going to be able to play. A, I mean, that was pretty quick to be able to flip, you know? B.O.B. When you hear that B.O.B., it was not good. Bone on bone, man. Yeah. <laughs> that B.O.B. Brings it, brings it back to the Jermaine O'Neal days, you know? Yeah, right. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I think there would have been benefit to holding on. And at the end of the day, did they know who the coach was going to be? And that was my argument from, from the forefront for, for Kemba. You've got to figure out your coach first because what's to say – Yudoka doesn't look at him and say, listen, I know exactly how to fit him into this offense. I watched you guys play last year, and you misused him. Or, you know, I've got a different usage for Jalen Brown, for example. And, you know, his ability to come into this locker room, he might have been able to get the best out of Kemba Walker again. So I kind of understand, you know, they were trying to make this move, trying to do it fast, get, you know, get out from underneath the contract, give himself flexibility going into free agency, into the draft, into the trade uh, time frame here. I get it, but... There's going to be second guessing, and, and, and rightfully so. There's going to be second guessing as we go into this offseason. If they held on maybe a month longer, what else would have happened? You know, what 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 might have been different here? So I'll be curious to see where it all where it all comes out. But I mean, this was the predictable trade. This was the predictable move. I mean, outside of that, they really that he, 
first. Well, he's taking that contract, though. That's the thing. But yeah, yeah, exactly. If you, you win out, maybe. But I, I, yeah, I just think it was a risk, and, and and Brad just saw it as a sure thing. Like you know, I'm yeah. saving money. Let's just do it. Just do it. Yeah, yeah, also, yeah. it's not just about the money. Obviously, the personality. Obviously, you know, just it fits. And he was just like, "I'm just going to do it. This be my first trade. Let's get it done." Yeah, but yeah. You got the young. You got the young prospect and 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 Moses Brown. So I mean, yeah. now now you got to you got a uh, uh, you've upgraded your front court, but you also kind of have a log jam. Now you know who if you're well, if you're Stevens if you're Stevens are you holding on to Robert Williams are you holding on to Trishan Thompson? Well, that's why I say I think, you know, another periphery thing that happens with this move plus Yudoka coming in is that we might see traditional, you know, five-man lineups. You know, it's not just, yeah, three guys play the wing, one guy plays the point, one guy's a big. We may not see that. They may get away from that and go back to a traditional one through five with set roles or pretty close to set roles in their lineup. You may see two bigs, you know, which the NBA has gotten away from quite a bit over the last couple of years, but you look at, Teams that have multiple bigs that they can use, in, in, you know, in a given lineup, and um, you know, some of those teams are doing pretty well. You know, Phoenix with DeAndre, we're seeing you know him starting to thrive, having that space in the paint, being able to get to the rim, be a physical force on the inside. We may see them use a little bit more of a traditional four-five lineup, which I think you know what Al Horford is as good a player in the NBA to, to teach a guy like Robert Williams and a guy like Moses Brown. I love the dynamic of having all three of those guys to rotate. And, you know, again, if you have two positions, you play a little bit more four with Al Horford, so he's not getting banged up physically. You can let him last a little bit longer. Um, you know, we'll see if Taco Time gets back into the roster next year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All, and all the things you said on this podcast there, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> taco yeah, Time? Yeah. Taco Time. We'll it was ever time for Taco on the bubble. I mean, geez. Yeah, right? Yeah. You need to subscribe for one more year. But I, I agree, though. You, you look at the Hawks. The Hawks, you know, from time to time, they they, they got – Capella and Collins, and Collins in there, yeah, it's a, yeah. You're right. That may that may they may be uh there may be something there to that there with in terms of the dynamic you, up front. If you go back a couple of years ago, I mean, obviously, ever since the the Kyrie, you know, that whole team that came through, Boston went heavy on the wing, and Brad Stevens only a year prior to that. I mean, he rotated how many bigs in that lineup? You had Tyler Seller, you had you know all those guys that I can't remember, but there were multiple centers that they rotated <laughs> in that lineup. Stellar, Olenek. Jordan Mickey. Remember that? Jordan Mickey. That's a throwback right there. Oh, yeah. What's yeah. When does that, that jersey go up to the Raptors? Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's messed up coming from you. I expect that from Ducho, not you. Getting back to the, uh, the Kemba Walker thing. Um, yeah. Like, after the initial report of the whole friction thing, I swear, it, it almost seemed like the source that the source in that report was just like, dude, that's not what I said. He's heartbroken, man. Like, like, yo, clean this up. You know what I mean? And regardless, I think Kemba's writing was on the wall. So at that point, it was just like, it is what it is. But like, man, what a way for that report to come out on his way out the door. But anyways, moving on, what, what happens next? How, do, how does Brad Stevens address the point guard position? Does he go straight to a starter? Does he try to find somewhere in the middle and have them, have them fight for it between him and Marcus Smart? You know, I, I, I'm sure you don't like the sound of that, but <laughs> if not, if not, show me the path, uh, a handful of, of, of options for Brad Stevens in, in, in addressing that position. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think Brad's really got at least two, maybe three more big decisions ahead of him this offseason. Um, at this juncture, if you were to go in the season with no changes, you were exactly as you are with really no upgrades, changes, re-signings or anything of that nature of major uh, – ramification. I think you're a little short on the perimeter. 
you know, I think you're probably short a shooter, but the conversation is going to be, what does this year look like for Romeo Langford and Aaron Eastman? Because if Romeo Langford and Aaron Eastman are NBA players that you can count on, you might be able to get creative with a guy like Evan Fournier. So you might be able to bring in whatever additional piece that you want. But I think that that's going to be the next big decision for, for Brad Stevens. What are you going to do with Evan Fournier? Zach, I think going to bring in DJ McCollum. I don't know. I get the urge. He's going to do that. DJ who? McCollum? Oh, <laughs> McCollum. McCollum. No, no, not CJ McCollum. That's a whole other different conversation. <laughs> I'm talking about TJ McCollum or, or someone like that. Like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, that kind of point guard. Well, here's the thing, you know, and, I, and I've always been in the, uh, you know, the minority of this group, but I've always said, why was Marcus Smart not developed? You know, he was an excellent ball handling passer and did so many great things at the point guard. Because, position. dude, he played next to three all-stars, man. Like, that was a, the Celtics have been blessed, you know. Celtics fans, they don't realize how blessed they are. This is going to be the first year they're not going to see an all-star point guard at that position. Well, I guess, arguably, you could say. No, 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 but he, he's saying before, before IT, like, when, Are you saying like oh. the year the year that Rondo Rondo played like thirteen games because he was coming back from a torn ACL? Yeah, like, yeah, no, it was smart. Smart should have been like, the guy. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they tried it for like a month or two, right? Yeah, Remember yeah, that? Yeah, and it worked out, and they just never they never got back to it. That, 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 that's yeah, that's true. Plus, plus, Jordan, Jordan Crawford was balling out that time. <laughs> for Marcus Smart, I think that that's the only way. That's the only way I see him on this roster. Which, to be completely honest. You've got a contract that he's going to have to have resigned at some point, or an extension that's going to have to be signed at some point. At the end of the day, if you're looking at Marcus Smart saying, yeah, he's going to be a shooting guard, I don't think there's enough there to warrant a 15 to $20 million a year contract. I really don't see it. So for me, if he moves over to, to a point guard position, he is a top defensive player in the league. We all know that. No question about it. But if he can be the distributor that I think he's always been capable of being, that adds value to me. You know, that that's what I want to see out of Marcus Smart. If he's going to be here next year. He, he can be your starting point guard. He was drafted to be a starting point guard in the NBA. Oh, okay. I'm surprised you're saying this. Well, he, I think, yeah. After this past season, he's shown that he can be that. But we need but, to see it consistently. And I think this could be the year where he can prove himself. Obviously, a contract year. But also, you know, a, a year to show that he's, he's he belongs in being that permanent starting point guard. Oh, so, Zach, Zach you're, saying, you're saying if he's not your starting point guard, there's no reason for him to be here. Is that what you're saying? Gotcha. Yeah. I, you know, honestly, I think there's there's a big problem because Marcus Smart, the way that he has played and the way that Brad Stevens was using him, puts you in a very tough position. You have a 32 career percent three point shooter taking five to ten threes a night. That's not good enough. Yeah, but you, you know, know that, that's not gonna happen. You, you know, you know, Brad's gonna at least have like a 25, maybe an hour long conversation with Eme about Marcus Smart. Like, <laughs> like you know, he's like, where do I begin? Yeah, like you, you can't <laughs> give him the same, you know, free range that he's had all this time because that's it. I mean, you, he's never coming back from not being that. Well, guy. if that's you're it. giving him that role, if you're telling him, look, we traded away an all star point guard because we want you to run the show, then I think his mindset maybe is a little different going right. into going into a season that you're the leader now. In more ways than one, right? We're not just right. talking about defensive leader. We're not just talking about, yeah. you know, uh, uh, the unofficial captain leader. We're talking about you're running the show. You're their point guard now. So now you have to make your teammates better and, and, yes. and, 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 and find them when you need to find them. If that's, if that's the version of Marcus Smart we get next year, I'm all in. He can stick around because he does bring a lot of good things. <laughs> but if, but he can gonna, stay. <laughs> if you're going to tell me that he's coming out here to, you know, to shoot the ball for 15, 20 points a night, that's not his game. You know, we, we, I think it's proven now. He's been in the league six, seven years, seven, you know, 
he's not that guy. And, you know, yeah. I, I, I refuse to believe it. But if he's running the point, he is a distributor in that lineup. And, yeah. you know, his, his shooting is, is an added bonus. His defense, right. you know, if, he's, if he converts himself to the shooting version of Rajon Rondo, I'm all in for that. Now, yeah. me personally, me personally, I'd be looking for someone else. You know, I, I think there are better options out there for that particular job. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I imagine that they're going to look okay. elsewhere as well. But, I mean, I, I get I get what you, I get what you're saying, but like with the with the whole added of uh, injuries and COVID over the last couple of years of who's the, if Kemba's going to play or not or who else is going to be injured. I think Marcus and I know the Marcus Nate says I want to hear this. Marcus at some points has taken it upon himself to be like, all right, we, there's only like one score tonight. I have to step it up a little bit here in terms of like taking yeah. you know shot attempts stuff of that nature. So I'm going to take 17 threes tonight. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's like, you know, I mean, we're down by three. Let me see if I can just, you know, run up the court here and pop it. You know, that's a, that's the mentality sometimes when you're like, we don't know who's playing tonight. We don't know who's going to be in or who's, who's going to get injured. And what do you, what do they need from me? You know, me talking as like a Marcus, right? They don't know what they need from me, but you're right. If he is tell, if he's told this is what you're going to do, this is what we expect out of you, then you might get a different Marcus Smart. That's what it comes down to for me. You know, there's a, a lot of good NBA want to get their hands on him. Why he would be on this team next year? Because I think he is more of a detriment at times. I, I, I talked to a friend the other day about it. You know, if you go back the tape for the Boston Celtics, they are the this is this team is a complete statistical anomaly in my mind because you watch them where they give up more 10, 15, 20 point runs to opposition because they shoot and have empty possessions. Things that when I was in high school I would get murdered is that you cannot come down the court and have a what I call a zero-pass possession. The ball never leaves Marcus Smart's hand. It still goes up at nobody else touches it. That is not good basketball. And that version of Marcus Smart has to die a very sad death in order for, <laughs> in, in order for him to get to the level of getting to. And I think it would be. If, if his responsibility is distributing that ball, he becomes a guy that, I mean, he could be a borderline all-star. We don't know. So I'll be curious to see what they do with him. The other player that I do have a little bit of a uh, – I don't want to say an axe to grind, but one that I have in my mind is Tristan Thompson. I don't think he's a great fit with this team. I don't think he's a great locker room fit. I don't think he really gives a shit about the, his, his play. <laughs> he plays hard. He plays hard. He'll go out there and give you, his, you know, whatever he's got. So I'm not saying he doesn't play hard, but I don't think he particularly cares if he ever wins another NBA championship. I think he's, he's just riding out. You know, whatever remaining career he has, and he's you know his celebrity yeah. is, is his bigger concern. I mean, or, or the threesomes that he has, you know, on, on the weekend. Uh oh, uh oh, <laughs> Zach. Uh oh. <laughs> I mean, I'm envious. I love a legend, a legend threesome. A legend, a legend. You know, he's a legend. <laughs> he's big dick swinging apparently these days. <laughs> uh, he's living the dream. Bill fall off, right? He said he's living the dream. one day, you know, one day. All gonna be over, you know. So I gotta make, I gotta do it big, you know. Yeah, he's, exactly. like, he's like, he's like, I did my yeah. thing in the playoffs. I tried, you know. So, so we'll, but, yeah. we'll go tonight, ladies. I, you know, I, I just don't see the fit, though. I mean, I, 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 this team is young. I think you know that you gotta get guys like the Horfords, and honestly, a guy I'd love to see come back is Isaiah Thomas, even if it's in a diminished capacity. Still, because huh? the guy loved basketball. He loved. He was a competitor. And he's going to put that finger in the face of those young guys and say, hey, let's get – and he was a, a positive leader. You know, there's a lot of guys in the league that are assholes that just come out and are not good leaders. They're just jerks. Whereas IT, people came here to play with him because they enjoyed playing with him and his, you know, his, uh, his energy and, and, and everything that went along with it. So he's the type of guy that, you know, you swap out at Thomas, you bring in an IT, and you say, you know what, let's – Let's make the, the benches have to be the most talented in the league. And a lot of teams that win championships don't have the most talented benches in the league. 
but they have benches that understand the role and that are going to be supportive of those stars. And that's where I think Brad's mind has to be. And I don't see where Thomas fits into that, to be completely honest. <laughs> what the fuck, Zach? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Zach's like, just for personal reasons, I want Isaiah, Isaiah I, Thomas back. <laughs> I, I, I'm so envious of that. Get him out of here. I don't want to hear about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> got a busy day ahead of you, man. <laughs> we'll let you go. Joy, you got anything else? I got, no, I got nothing else. That was, that was, that was I mean, that, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was jam packed as, as an appearance that you, you've had on this, on yeah, this I, podcast. I, I have a lot to catch up on. So good. <laughs> Touch Jeez. on everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, shit. Pretty much, if, if Marcus Smart doesn't fit into the box that Zach wants him to fit in, he wants him, he wants him to get the fuck out of here. He wants, he wants <laughs> to get the bags. But he, well, actually, you know what? This is my last question. You you mentioned uh, that there's a couple of other options out there for, for potential point guards, uh, whether free agency, via free agency, or, or, or via trade. Uh, what, what are some of the names you have in mind? So Lonzo Ball is, is, is the sexy pick uh, right now. That That's the name that we're hearing. I worry a little Get bit it. about the personality fit. Um, but, you know, I, I think the skill set fits really well. You know, you're talking about a very good defender. And, you know, he's, he's developed the shot to the point where he's not just, you know, someone who, who you know, he's not Ben Simmons. So <laughs> if you, that's a plus. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think he's one of those guys that has a lot of untapped potential as well. You're talking about a young player who's, you know, only what a year or six months older than Jason Tatum, you know, so he fits in that age bracket and you know what, you're going to get him at, I think a little bit of a discount price right now. But the question is, how do you do it? It's going to have to be a sign and trade boss. It's going to have to give up assets to get a player like that. Um, you know, but that would be a guy that I think, you know, for, for all the shit we talk about the ball family, I think he would be a great fit to be able to come in here and, and kind of run that point the way that they need it run. Marcus and Rob, but I, I don't know if that, if that even gets them excited and, and, a, and obviously a bunch of first round picks, but I mean, it, it, that's pretty much the best they can do. Right. Or, or, I mean, you could throw in Neesmith uh, if they're crazy about Neesmith, if I had to choose out of the two. That's a lot though. I feel like for, for Lonzo Ball. But yeah, it, I think that this will be a restricted. I mean, getting it done. Zach, that's what it's going to take. I mean, it'll be a restricted deal, so I don't know. I mean, it's going to be if it all says no, I don't really want to sign here. Then yeah, right. He'd have to. It has to be a sign and trade, obviously, and he'd have to agree to the terms. And if I, I had to guess, I would or somewhere around twenty to twenty. It's like the whole. It's all that, It's like the whole Bogdanovich thing with with Sacramento and last uh, off season. He just was just like, no, I don't want to sign at all. It doesn't matter how much money you want to throw at me. So they're like, all right. So I guess we're giving up our restricted shit with you and go off and go sign somewhere else. I and mean, that's what happened. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be the case with New Orleans. New Orleans just still doesn't have a coach, so that could play a part as well. Right. Yeah, it could be interesting. Well, you think they don't have a chance. Yeah, yeah. If he was, if he was unrestricted, it'd be a, but restricted, yeah. that, that makes it a little bit tough. You can't afford to be in a bidding war right now. Yeah, you don't want to do that. You want to keep fucking, you know, raising the price. Yeah. All right, Zach. Next Gentlemen, week. always a pleasure. Uh, I'll have to look in this week. I was going to say, yeah, we'll check back hey, in. Uh, sounds good, guys. Get some we'll research. Talk. Get some research done. We'll talk. Yeah, <laughs> Enjoy the golfing, bro. Right. That's right. Figure out the stats. Got you. That's your job. Jeez, that phone call at the end was a nightmare. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Man, we did it. We did everything. That was perfect. That was good. That's exactly how I envisioned that conversation going. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was, I was, I was, uh, banking on some like predictions move wise, roster wise. And, uh, yeah, he didn't disappoint. He didn't disappoint. <laughs> no, certainly didn't. Yeah. 
This episode of the Cosby Street Podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NBA and the NHL are in full swing now. Now, BetOnline.ag isn't just about sports. If you don't want to bet on sports, BetOnline has other options such as award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. Now, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Head over to BetOnline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action now. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline.ag. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's take our trip around the NBA. The way we end every single episode here on Causeway Street with In Case You Missed It. 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 Joel, what we miss? Well, after a week or so of like coaches, you know, either getting fired or they were like resigning, you know, there there were some new hires this week, you know, especially over the last like, you know, 24 to 48 hours. You know, congrats to Rick Carlisle on signing a four-year deal with the Indiana Pacers. It's going back. Yep. That's going to be his second stint as a head coach over there in Indy. You know, he he stepped down as the Mavs coach after 13 seasons and one championship. So, uh, you know, that's that for uh, for Mr. Carlisle, who actually, you know, endorsed Jason Kidd as a good candidate for Dallas. And guess what? That's exactly what happened. Dallas Mavericks announcing that they're going to they're going to sign Jason Kidd as their uh, their head coach. You know, people are blaming Luca for that. What do you think about that? You think uh, Luca? Look at put the word out. I was like, I'm not, I'm not feeling this Carlisle dude. I don't know. I don't Two know. Years. He, I don't know. Two years the, he can't pass the damn Clippers. You know, get him out of here. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he put the if he was the one to put the word out, but maybe conversations were leaked with like other other people. I mean, you got you had uh, Donnie Nelson after 24 seasons just resigned just out of nowhere. Like, yeah, I'm out, guys. I don't know what else to do here. You know, I done. I brought in two, you know, Europeans, and you know, we haven't won a championship in you know over 10 years. So I don't know. I, I tried. I'm out. And yeah, Lucas. Yeah, he just slides money, some hush money. Like, oh, for, <laughs> your service are no longer needed here. You're all set. You're all set. It's pretty dope. And and it's funny because it's like the first person that that like commented on the Mavs roster was Luca, talking about how much how much he was upset that he was leaving. I was like, mm, I don't know, man. Maybe you had something to do with that, there, Luca. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Jesus. Yeah, everyone's conspiracy theory about this thing. Like, nah, man, that's Luca. Luca pushed the button on that. Yeah, you got you got you got Porzingis fucking bitching about you know being being the number two and the fucking Luca and it's like oh oh hell is broken loose there now where they uh oh yeah that was definitely Luca yeah that was definitely Luca's like yeah get this yo he's he's out of it yeah so so kid comes in replaces the uh you know the uh the recently departed Carlisle and the Mavs also are bringing in uh longtime Nike executive Nico Harrison to be their new general manager you know replacing Donnie after twenty four years that's yeah that's very interesting. I'm guessing that Nico and and and, and Cuban are, are tight. <laughs> yeah, I'm, they're probably in the same tax bracket. That makes sense. Yeah, he got that book, by the way. I wanted to read that Nike book. Oh, he wrote that? No, no, it's a book. Of, I don't know if he wrote it, but it's about it's, it's pretty much his his story. Oh, okay, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, check it out. All right. Uh, as mentioned earlier, we talked about Chauncey Billups. Uh, he's about to be the new head coach of the uh, Portland Trailblazers. Though he was looked at as one of the, uh, I believe, three finalists for the Celtics job. Phillips reportedly was uh really wanted that Blazers gig, so he got his wish. Gonna go coach uh Damon Lillard. Good for him. So he said, Damn, you don't want Jason Kidd, bro. You want the real deal. You want the <laughs> big shot. 
right. You want Mister Finals MVP before becoming an All Star? You see, you see him. Uh, Lillard posted something on Instagram. Just him on the beach, just like to hope him my next year would be my best year. He's there just, like, you go, yeah. running. And man, I, like I, I don't. Know. Something about that tells me he's he's on he's on board with the plan. Obviously, something about that tells me. Don't worry, Portland fans. Don't listen to the, you know. I, I was in my feelings moments after that last game, but I'm here to stay. You know, it's good. It's good. I'm I'm, I'm happy for Dame, and, yeah. and I, I hope he's able to take him to the next level for sure. Yeah. So shout, shout shout out to Chauncey, man. Obviously, he was uh out of the three of us, even Sean too, right? We yeah, were, sure we were all saying that we would love to see him uh, be the the Celtics head coach, but uh, I mean, this one this one is uh is a good opportunity for him. Yeah. So now. That leaves the Magic, Wizards, and Pelicans as the only teams that are currently without a head coach. So we shall see how that works out. Yo, I'm hurt. I'm yo through the through the grapevine. I'm hearing uh, Quinn Snyder's might 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 not be safe. His job might not be safe. Shit, oh. fucking. I mean, outside of the uh, the ass whooping that the Hawks got in Game Two. I mean, if the Bucks don't win this series. I don't know, man. I think Bud. Oh yeah, he's out. <laughs> Bud, Bud's out. <laughs> yo, Bud was saying prayers in Game Seven. Bro. Yeah, what? Yeah. What? Yo, did you see after Game One? Hey, he looked like he hasn't slept in weeks, bro. <laughs> yo, I, 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 I'm not. I, yo, I'm no. not even joking when I when I say that. I bet you he's probably like, guys, if you guys don't want me here, then you know, just lose the series, and I, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm out. Nah, like, nah, he's, <laughs> he, he eternalizes everything. He's, he, he strikes me as someone that's just like up late looking at tape and just like. Going through notes, being like, I can't miss a thing. Like this is it. Like this is no. You're right. No, I, I completely <laughs> agree. I completely agree because I feel. I also feel like uh, if they didn't, if they wasn't that 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 blowout in game two, then you know what he said after game one he was just like all he kept saying after game one was we got to make adjustments. You know, we just gotta you know we got we we gotta play better. We're we're better than this. We're better than this. I'm yeah. just like, you, you don't sound convinced, but you know they, they 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 didn't let him down. So good good for good for the Bucks, I guess, for whatever that's worth. All right, uh, in case you missed it, Jalen Rose, ESPN's Jalen Rose had a nice, I don't know what you want to call it, slow burn, if you will, during game two of the, uh, or before game two of the Eastern Conference Finals towards Jay Williams. Yeah, you know, Rose's fellow ESPN colleague who uh, tweeted out congrats to the Celtics on hiring their first black head coach following reports of Ime Udoka becoming the Celtics next head coach. Hmm. Yeah, that's right. He fucking yeah. tweeted that, bro. What is wrong with this dude? You heard that correctly. Mr. J. He Williams. Did. He wasn't hacked. Come on, man. Bro, he tweeted. Not, he, not, only, not only did he tweet that not out. Not only did he tweet that out. He immediately took it down. All right. And claimed hours later, not even like immediately to give him some sort of clout. Hours later, after getting shitted on all over social media and not just Twitter, but social media in general, you know, don't, someone had to, you know, screenshot that that tweet talking about what was tweeted out from my account hours, hours earlier about the Celtics. My password has been changed. Not even, not even a, uh, I don't know. Can't even apologize at that point because you're not, you're not, you're not even taking responsibility for it. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. But the part that gets me is he, uh, shouts out the fact that Chris Paul's going back, you know, he's going to the Western Conference final. He's cleared to play. And he's, he's, he posted that like moments after he posted the initial one and deleted it. So what, what's going on here? So did the, the, the hacker hack? his account to congratulate the Celtics new head coach in the manner he did to embarrass you. And then he decided, Oh, since I, while I'm on this account, the sons are getting Chris Paul back. Yo, oh, that's a, that's huge. Refuse. Game game changer. No, no, right. no Jay. You know what a game changer is? You, you know, your fucking facts. <laughs> you tweeted both. Okay. All right. And then, and then three hours after the fact, because 
his damn agent and everyone was like, yo, man, this is a nightmare, bro. You're in trouble. You need to clean this up somehow. Bro, the whole... Come on, man. The whole hacked explanation, bro. Like, come on, it's man. I'm going to address it. Come on. You got it. I'm not saying release a statement, but you got to have at least a segment on it and, and bust his balls a bit. If he was on TNT, there's no way Ernie's letting that slide. Like, yo, we're going to, we're going to bust your balls on this. You know that, right? Either pregame or inside the NBA. Like, we're going to have to address this and not just let it, let you, let you slide it, uh, sweep it under the rug as if, as if all the freaking signs aren't there, all the clues aren't there, man. Yo, this is not beyond a reasonable doubt, man. Come on. Bro. Face the music. Face the music, Jay. It's sad. Bro, the fact that Bill Russell was about to get inducted into the Hall of Fame as a coach. As a coach. <laughs> that was just announced not too long ago, bro. Like, on like, ESPN. I get, I get it. You were showing your feelings about Boston, about you know the racism and all that, and you just you just went to Twitter real quick, and you, and you tweeted that out, and you realized, wait a minute, I, I, almost, I almost want to give him a, 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 a pass in the sense that I know if he thought about it for a second, but like, wait, this doesn't make sense. But but you had that energy, right? Oh. You had that. Oh no, Boston is so racist, so this has to be the first time they've had a black head coach. Even though freaking Doc Rivers just—you don't have to go that far back, bro. Doc it, fucking Rivers. In no way won the championship of the Celtics. <laughs> no, that, but he had—he's like the second or the third winning his like head coach in Celtics history. Like he was here for a minute. Doc Rivers was here for a minute, even if he won a championship or not. He was here for a minute. Casey, oh my god, dude. All right. Nah, man. <laughs> It wasn't that. It wasn't that. The sixth black head coach for the Celtics right now is Udoka, okay? Six out of the 17 coaches have been black, all right? Bill Russell, the first black. Oh, my God. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. All right. right. (laughs) Back to Rose, right? Back to Rose. Okay? So uh, they're going back and forth, Rose and Williams, about uh, about the Hawks and the Bucks. And and, uh, Williams is all like, oh, I tried to tell you, D-Rose, about the Bucks defense. Talking about game one, right? How they... You know, Correct. shit the bed or whatever. To which Rose responds to, well, I got hacked. <laughs> yeah. And a so very, subtle. very awkward moment, by the way. But it was, was hilarious. So sweet. So subtle, but so sweet. It was hilarious. I loved love it. it. I loved it. I loved it. So Shout out to Jalen. That but, was good. But as hilarious as that was, Jalen doesn't fall far behind when it comes to similar to what Williams did. You know, spinning out facts without knowing if they're actual facts or not, okay? You're, you're jumping to a conclusion sort of, sort of thing, right? Less than 24 hours after Williams tweeted that out and deleted it because he got hacked, apparently, right, by the Celtics, uh, Jalen Rose spoke about Team USA. They released their, their roster. He claimed that the NBA is afraid to send an all-black team to Olympics, calling Kevin Love the token white guy, okay? Wow, I didn't hear this. All right, so next month's USA team, 12 guys, 11 black, one white guy, Kevin Love, okay? Rose calls him the token white guy, saying that the, the NBA is afraid to send an all-black team to the Olympics. Why would they be afraid of that? That makes no sense. Talking about... Talk- oh, Kevin Love has done it before. Second of all, with everything that Kevin Love's been through, with, with, that, with you know, depression, and how, like, why not send him over to just, I mean... I don't know. There's a lot of other reasons too, but like that's one of the that's the first two reasons I, I I think that the move makes sense. You know, just because he's been you know chilling in Cleveland the last couple of years or whatever uh, th- throughout this rebuild phase doesn't mean that he's not a talented enough or b you know doesn't have the credentials to go back. I, I don't get this. So basically, he said, "quote Don't be scared to send an all black team to represent the U.S. I'm disappointed by that." End quote. Now, again, had he done his research. You would have known that the last Olympics, the 2016 Team USA roster, all black players all, were selected. All black, yeah. 
Not only that's way, the 2000 team, the 2004 yeah, team. Yeah, it was. That's right, 2000, KG, Vince Carter, when, when Carter jumped over the dude. Yeah, that was all black team. 2004 with AI and LeBron. Wow. 2008 with Kobe and, and, and <laughs> Melo. I was like, yo, whether that's true or not, it's just a stupid statement. Like, yeah. Come yeah. on, but bro. Again, but again, once you think about it, you're like, wait a minute. There are Messi, again, Jay, if you think about it. But no, you wanted to jump the gun. The news was fresh. You know, it was hot. Hot off the stove, you wanted to be one of the first ones to have a reaction to it and put your black, you know, the, the the black fist up and all that. Oh, Boston's really progressing now, or the Celtics are progressive. Okay, that's what that's what bugs me about this city so of Boston. Never, yep, too. People don't people got to separate the city from the organization. The city obviously is, has a racist history, awful, but the organization is is there's no other, there's no more progressive organization in the NBA historically than the Boston Celtics. You know, so you think Jalen apologized? No. That tweet is still up, by the way. At least he didn't. At least he didn't take it down, right? At least he didn't take it down. He's sticking by his guns, apparently. But four previous teams have been made up of all black players that have gone to the Olympics, and Jalen is mad because Kevin Love is going on this team. No, but they're afraid to do it in twenty. He's going to try to. He's going to try to. No, I'm talking about you know. Modify it, but no, you can't do it on Twitter, man. In 2021, you know, like come on, bro. Like really, bro. Like come on, yo, Jay Williams. Jalen Rhodes and shit. I'll even throw Stephen A. Smith in there, right? To a certain extent. I'm not saying he's, he's throwing out false information, but this whole, I don't know, this whole race narrative sometimes at ESPN in particular, like change is happening, bro. Like let, it's not going to happen overnight. Let it happen. Like it doesn't have to be like forcefully or when you want it to happen, but it's going to happen. Yeah. You're at the point now you're spitting out false information on a major network and Calling that information facts. That's irresponsible, bro. That's irresponsible. And then you don't take responsibility for it. Just to back up your narrative. Yes, back up your narrative. And you're not even taking responsibility saying, you know what? I fucked up. I should have done more research. I just assumed. And that's that's the part. Yeah, that's the part that that irks me. Uh, You know, uh, underneath that tweet, hey, my bad, you know, da 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 in Jalen form, but still, you know, I don't see why Kevin Lovin needs to be on that. Okay, whatever. You want to get that? That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, He should, should issue out. Hey, as a reporter, as a journalist, I just I'm leaving out, you know, I'm I'm, just, I'm leaving this tweet up here, these this fake news up here, just to, just because I'm you know I'm I'm I'm, I'm in my feelings right now. Yeah, and I don't yeah. like, I'm, just, I'm I'm trying. Yeah, if anybody understands that, it's Chris Webber. Chris Webber's like this guy's gonna apologize. Come on, man, this is Jalen Rose. He like apologize you know, after 15 years or however long it had been. <laughs> bro, if that was like Bill Simmons saying some shit like that, you think you think Bill Simmons would still you know wouldn't be like suspended or some shit like that? Like in terms of throwing out, you know, in, incorrect information and like, no, no, this is true. Like, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to die on this hill. This is true. Like, <laughs> nah, bro. Like, you, you work for a global network and you're spitting out false information. That's, yeah. you know, that's how rumors get spread, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day. Damn it, Jalen. That's a, such a subtle dig. <laughs> the big L to take right after that. Bro. Yo, like. It's been crazy. It's been a while. That's that's that that might be why he said I got hacked too by saying by he, he maybe it wasn't even like a dig it was more like yo I got hacked too because I fucked up but I can't explain myself it's like come on man both of y'all you're both of y'all fucked up ah uh, yeah it could have been I got hacked too that was like yo you ain't the only one who got hacked even right. though we we're both wrong anyways shit shit happens right right <laughs> too shame motherfucker. <laughs> Must have been the same hacker, man. He's getting all the ESPN fucking tweets, all, yeah, all the ESPN I twitters. I would have lost it if Jay was just like touche, man. 
<laughs> no, Jay just kept trying to like explain and the point. Never address it again. I would have been like, okay, I'll take it. That's his apology. Uh, but I would have more, so much more respect for him. He was just like, all right, all right, look, right before we go to commercial break, I just wanted to say, no, no you know, he's, never, he's not going. He's not going to. But it would that would have been worse. It would have been like, bro, you could have avoided that whole thing. Like, <laughs> Just tweet it out. You fucked up. Move on. That's the definition of digging yourself deeper and deeper. It's like, bro, just. <laughs> yo, if that was like Paul Pierce, dude. The- like, God. Yo, if that was like Paul Pierce, yo, Jay would Jay would have fucking let up on him or or or, or Jay. Yeah. If Paul was still on that panel, no way Paul's letting that slide. No. Matter of fact, I'm a thousand percent convinced that that ESPN made him sign some sort of some sort of gag order or some sort of thing that was like, yo, you can't throw shade at any of us ever. <laughs> It's like, because yeah. th- because Paul's not saying anything right now. There's no way in hell yeah, that no, Paul right. didn't sign that. And yeah, just, you're right. This one out. Yo, you're Paul right. would be all over Jay right now. That would have been a perfect opportunity to tweet out. But like, really, Jay? Bro, like, you- Paul would have had a nine-series post, like nine-part freaking post. On- he would have been like, Jay, we had conversations about this, bro. <laughs> right. Well, y'all, yeah, com- yeah, motherfuckers, y'all don't understand me, right? See, I used to, I try to tell Jay, like he would, yeah, he would have went in, bro. He would have went in. But Boston, but Boston, you know, you know, all, all their, you know, four major teams are all races, right? All right, that's what's up. That's what's yeah, up. Paul signed something, but yeah. you know, smiling and he's, he's got plenty of jokes. He's, he's saying the KG on the side. You fucking guy. All right, got me a little riled up here, but you know. Yo, I feel you, bro. I got, yo, this is like this, this attack on the, on the organization, and then this like. To, to to follow it up with, and obviously I'm talking about the whole Kyrie thing, and then and to, to follow it up with like just someone just spitting lies and everyone just being like, oh no, he was hacked. No, he was not hacked. Okay, yo, the not Joe, hacked. like the average Joe Schmo who lives in like Portugal, who is a fan of the Celtics, just like, oh wow, maybe the Celtics are really you know racist. You know what I mean? It's like, no, that's not, that's not. It, yeah, yeah, because <laughs> because when, when someone, yeah, you're right. Someone like Jay who holds that kind of weight in NBA or basketball circles. You know you got a, a percentage of people out there being like, yo, did you know this is the first time? <laughs> <laughs> and even they, it even, it even takes them a, a quite some time, but eventually they're going to be like, oh, wait a minute. Yo. It can't be. It, like, what are you yeah, talking It can't about? be the old heads coming forward and being like, no, Bill Russell was fucking, he won championships in Boston yeah. as a coach. Casey Use Jones, it. like, come on. Use this as an excuse to do your homework, everyone. I'm, I'm talking to you. You too. Yeah, yo. yeah, yeah, you, you listening to this podcast. Yeah. Google Celtics history and, and find out just how progressive this organization yeah. was. Okay, Google the first black player to ever be drafted. Boston Celtics did that. Uh, the first starting five, uh, all five starting five uh, lineup, all black that an NBA team has ever put out. The Boston Celtics did that. Look, just go figure out the rest, man. Yo, I'm telling Bill Russell was the first thing. black head coach to be hired in all North American sports. Period. And, okay? and the guy. Find it all freaking red hour back, you know? The Celtics did a that. Guy, a, a guy who had to go through his own criticism and all that, obviously, before they started winning championships. Once they started winning championships, they're like, all right, right, I guess you're right about this whole, you know, black guy thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, no, but you, know? you can't be. You can't. What if you didn't do that, Joel? What if you didn't do What if the first black player, you know, Chuck Cooper, what, what if it was somebody else in like the 1970s? It, like, it, what if it took another 20 years before it happened, like, you know? Bro, you what can't. If, you can't be hired as an analyst and 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 claim you live and breathe basketball and you don't know something as basic as that. Seriously, yo, for real, man, that's irresponsible. It's irresponsible. Enough, and fuck ESPN too for not fucking you know. Not for nothing, but didn't this guy go to Duke? Dumb Dukies, man. Just ask yeah, Kyrie. I couldn't even apply to Duke, bro. <laughs> Kidding me? Anyways, 
Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We, we, we. You know. I think we, we're. I think we, we, we're. We're done dragging Jay Williams. Man, we're dragging this dude's body all over the place. I mean, just, just all over Cosby Street, right? Yeah, now. no, but just, just uh, those who are in that sort of position, I get where you want to end up as society. But like, let's get there the right way, and not just you know keep pointing fingers and just assuming things. You know, that's just, that's not that doesn't help anybody. Doesn't help anybody. Yo, you know who's uh, everybody's friend, Joel? Google. Yeah, that's free, by the way. Absolutely free. Mm-hmm. Um, it's endless. You can find out anything about anything. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, most of it. Most of it is true, depending on where you search. Twenty-five years ago, or whatever, we couldn't do that. Well, maybe if you had a dial-up connection, but the information wasn't the way it is now. Like, come on, people! It's <laughs> like Jesus. And even then, and even then, you still just imagine got, if you could have got go a free ahead. a free American Online CD and put in your CD-ROM, and you have a free internet for thirty days, and you can search all the all the good stuff you ever wanted to search. Yeah, just imagine. All right, what is the thing that the iPhones do? They tell you like, hey, you know, this week uh, you're up seventy percent. You've been using this thing like eight hours a day. Like, once you get off the phone, like, Im- <laughs> like for no reason. <laughs> imagine if you use just one of those hours just to Google. I don't know Celtics history. <laughs> like, <laughs> never mind someone like Jay Williams was just like, bro, that should be in your brain already. Like, uh, yo, that's like that's not not that's not just Celtics history, bro. That's NBA history. That's that's, that's sports history history here in the U.S. When it comes to what we just mentioned, when it comes to you know Bill Russell and so on and so forth, like come on, man. Yeah. you don't have to go to a library anymore and and, and look through books and encyclopedias. Yeah, to yeah. Find out yeah. I mean, during browsing time, Jay Jay and Jalen, they both played for the Chicago Bulls at one point or another in their careers. How many black coaches have they had in their in their history? Hmm, just just wondering. But I'm gonna Google that though, because I don't know the answer. But I'm not gonna just assume. <laughs> don't tweet that. I'm gonna tweet that out either. All right. All right. In case you missed it, former police officer Derek. I never know how to pronounce this motherfucker's name, and I really don't care to. But the former Minneapolis police officer oh. that murdered uh, George Floyd has been sentenced to 22 and a half years behind bars. Unfortunately, he could be paroled after serving about two thirds of his sentence. So uh, the prosecution they were calling for. 30 years, but he got 22 and a half. I think the most punishable by law on the, all the charges that he was found guilty for was 40. So I don't know if you want to chalk this up as a win, but, and I don't want to say it's better than nothing. Cause that's still, you know, it doesn't, it, I don't know. It just doesn't bode well from, from my standpoint. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I call it justice. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I, I think at the end of the day, that's what everyone was just hoping for. Cause we've seen, 99.9% of the other cases go the other way. I mean, whether we're talking about the sentencing period or any punishment at all. So, yeah, I mean, you think about what happened last year and, and well, I just said the backlash of, of what happened and most people would consider this justice, put it that yeah, way. So yeah, yeah. I think most people consider this justice. Yeah, his, his death, you know, it was, it just, it just sparked, um, like, a, he was like a catalyst for, like, around the world, not just here in the U.S. And it affected even more so, I feel like, the sports world during a time where you didn't have sports and then as sports was coming back, it was like, we're playing sports, but we don't forget what's going on in the world. And, and he and George Floyd's death was pretty much in the forefront. Going. Yeah. That was incredible how it brought people together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly, one year ago, if someone asked, if someone told me that I would be like, I don't think that's going to happen. Bro. Honestly. Yeah. So, right. If someone told me that he would be doing this much time and that this would be the punishment. I'd be like, 
I'd be surprised that guy's convicted. Like honestly, because that that's how I felt at the time. But t- times times are changing little by little. You know, like you said earlier, times it's gonna take some time, but little by little, I, I think it's happening. Things are changing in the in the right direction. That's, that's not that's not like force it one way or another. Just you know, right. exactly. Let it let it happen, and 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 let's keep the conversation going. Let's do our research. Let's educate ourselves. You know, Black Lives Matter. You know, stop Asian hate. Let's pray for peace in the Middle East, and and let's just let's just become better human beings at the end of the day. You know, right. All right. So that's it. That's all from my, uh, in case you missed it, uh, hit us up on Causeway Street on all social media platforms. Hit up CausewayStreet.com for all your Celtics offseason news, rumors, and opinions. Uh, hit up uh, the After Hours on Patreon. Uh, I believe we're picking a, a winner this week, right, for the Jersey that's giveaway. Right, that's right. Got the Jersey giveaway and then a consolation prize. We're going to pick a second winner. I got, oh. I got shirts. I got these shirts commemorating the great. Legendary Tommy Heinsohn. I don't know if you guys remember the Celtics players were wearing them. Number fifteen, they were yes, wearing them. Yes, I do. we got okay. So as a consolation prize, if you didn't win the the raffle, uh, you'll be contacted uh, as, as a second place winner for for the Tommy Heinsohn t shirt giveaway. So we're doing that uh, this week, and uh, of course, we appreciate your support, guys. After hours episodes are always a little little wacky and crazy, a little off the cuff, and. Uh, insight into some of some of our backgrounds right we, we tell some crazy stories yeah, man. Some shit, bro. <laughs> between the three of us it's not it's, some shit. It, it's very it's very rarely about the celtics and basketball but it's also about just uh our i don't know our, our crazy adventures together the three of us uh so some, some experiences that we you know our better yeah. our better left said uh on this instead of uh <laughs> <laughs> get to know another version or another side of us if you will i guess excellent excellent so where can one Celtics twist, of course. Yeah, right. So, where can one, uh, you know, partake in all this uh, content? <laughs> you subscribe to uh, this the Causeway After Hours on Patreon. Yeah, patreon.com slash Causeway, guys. Check us out. Hell yeah. And uh, thanks again to uh, to Zach Pelequin for blessing us with his uh, appearance and his... Uh, Causeway Zone, baby. Zach Pelequin. That was good stuff. And his knowledge there of uh, of, of what's going to happen here with the suckers. I mean, shit. He, he immediately, immediately after game five against the Nets, he's like, Brad's got to go. Kemba's got to go. And I was just like, yo, how is that all going to happen? And it fucking happened within weeks <laughs> of, of them, of the Celtics getting eliminated. So. And freaking Zach was somewhere doing the Birdman hand rub. That's how it was done. Oh, of course you guys want me on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Mom, motherfucker. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. The elefante in the room. The elefante. All right. We out of here. Until next week, guys. All right. Peace.